The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash earnings right now. netsuite.com slash earnings. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As Democrats be empowering the Republicans. President Trump was sent here to smash conventional norms. I would rather see a congressional solution. It's part of my DNA. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Stocks suffer weekly loss after dismal jobs report. Plus the World Health Organization warning on easing limits as France faces its deadliest day yet on COVID-19. We are awaiting President Donald Trump's daily coronavirus task force briefing set to begin within the half hour. We'll bring it to you live. You can listen to it right here on Bloomberg Radio. Maddie Duppler is going to break down the jobs numbers. Uh, We just got word from our colleagues on the White House team that President Trump's daily coronavirus task force briefing is actually now set to start in the 5.30 half hour. So they pushed it back. So 5.30, you can catch that here on Bloomberg 99.1 FM. Where do we begin? So much news today. The president, for his part, was meeting with oil executives. And we're going to check in with Frank Masano coming up later on in the half hour to get all of the details on that. He, of course, is a partner at Bracewell's Policy Resolution Group. But we begin with, well, some dismal jobs numbers. Maddie Duppler's on the line, founder of Forward Strategies, senior fellow at the National Taxpayers Union and former coalition's director for the House Republican Conference. Maddie, thanks for being here. But, you know, give us the number. Kev, as long as I've been coming on this show to talk Jobs Friday, it's been good news, and that streak has finally come to a close. Uh, We saw in the data today that in March, the economy shed 701,000 jobs, which was actually much higher than I had expected, even given the current circumstances with coronavirus, because this survey was done in the middle of March. Uh, The assumption was that we weren't really going to capture all of the job losses that we've seen over the past month because it was too early on uh, for that survey to take place. Turns out employers were already starting to lay off workers even before the more stringent quarantines went into place. And can I can I just jump in here? Right, so what before we jump in here, what what's the unemployment number? So we're, the unemployment rate now is at four point four percent. Four point four percent. Yeah, last time we were there was August twenty seventeen. All right. I mean it's awful. Uh, no, no other way to say it. But, you know, this is what you, you said something, Maddie Duppler, that you and I have talked about offline that I, I want to bring into this conversation, which is that businesses were already issuing furloughs and laying people off at the end of the last month when all of the uncertainty and all of the anxiety was yeah. coming out of Washington, D.C. Am I wrong? Yeah. You know, you're absolutely right, Kevin, and it showed up in this data. And listen, we know that business abhors a vacuum. Like having uncertainty, that is the poison to economic growth. And that's really, I think, that's the element of what we're seeing here right now. Now, it is interesting 
We got these numbers today on the same day where the small business loans from the CARES Act are being implemented and going out the door. Those are intended to stem exactly this problem. Those loans, of course, are supposed to go to small businesses so they can keep workers on their payrolls. They don't have to lay them off and they can stay afloat for the next two months. My hope is that we see with the execution of that program, we won't, we'll still see bigger numbers. I mean, that's in, that's a, natural consequence of closing down most of the businesses in this country. But hopefully we'll see the tide start to sway a little bit because we'll be able to harness that energy in the private sector through that program. You saw Nancy Pelosi today talking a little bit about a phase four, how it would build on some of those successes. I certainly think that that is the right approach for the federal government to be taking right now, which is trying to bolster the energy of private enterprise and people who do still have jobs so they can stay in place there and weather that storm with uh, staying attached to their employer. No, you know, I, I agree thousand thousand percent. But I was talking to Greta Van Susteren about this just like two hours ago and we were catching up and, and I'm going to, by the way, plugging her show. She launched into a daily format uh, this week for the coronavirus special. And you can check that on all of the great TV affiliates nationwide. But I said, Greta, this is what bothers me about the pace of the or the lack thereof, the lack of pace, yeah. and the lack of urgency that came out of the halls of Congress. And 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 you and I, you know, thankfully, this town is somewhat keyword somewhat recession proof, somewhat knock on wood. Mm-hmm. But you know, everyone in this town has is connected to people outside and, and through other parts of the country. And, and you don't have to be you don't have to have a Ph.D. to realize that people are already feeling this pain. And that's just what really and I, and I don't mean to get on a soapbox at all. But that's what really infuriates me, Maddie, is that that extra week that Leader McConnell and Speaker Pelosi and President Trump took that extra week. That is unforgivable. In many ways, I agree. I, I agree with you, Kevin. And listen, you want to talk connected out of Washington D.C. Greta Van Susteren and I are from the same hometown, yep. Appleton, Appleton, Wisconsin. Shout out to Appleton. Yeah, uh, but it's it, it's so important that now that we have at least a huge release package into law that the execution is seamless. And you did see that yesterday. Secretary Mnuchin announced that the individual payments will be going out the door even quicker than anticipated. I had said all along that I was worried these individual payments couldn't make it to people fast enough in order to make a difference because that's what we saw in 2008. Uh, but, you know, the the execution here is what matters. And right. hopefully... Hopefully, people in Congress, when it comes to do phase four, learn their lessons from the last time around and I acknowledge that we cannot dry our feet again. Maddie, they haven't. I'm telling you this. I mean, the, the phase four fight is going to be grotesque. It's going to be such a political kerfunkle uh, because they don't really know they're already. I mean, they're just they're feuding already. But Jonathan Farrow, my colleague, Jonathan Farrow on Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio, who has been such an all star in his reporting on all of this. He went at it with Larry Kudlow today uh, because he said he made that point. He said, you know, Mr. Kudlow, with all due respect, I'm paraphrasing. You've got to make sure this is seamless. And this isn't about Republicans or Democrats. If you like Trump, you don't like Trump. This is about a mass education for the private sector, small businesses on Main Street, so that they know where they can get liquidity so that they can yeah. hold on to these jobs. And my fear is that the SBA has not been as aggressive in educating the public and that they've wasted the past two weeks. That's my, you know, I hope I'm wrong. I pray I'm wrong. I mean, like, sorry, but this is, you know, this is kind of the thing that I, that keeps me up at night, which is how can I, 
tell people, you and I are the same way. How can we communicate more with people for whom there is, this isn't their bread and butter? How can we tell them what's available for them? And, you know, frankly, I've taken to my Instagram. I've been texting my friends who are small business owners. I've been, I've been proselytizing the way that I can so that people know, because you're right. You know, there's not many people, much less small business owners who are focused on our business who are paying attention to the minutia of Washington, D.C. and what's going on here. And we do have a responsibility, I think people like you and I, but also those in the administration, to be talking ad nauseum about what resources are available because this is an unprecedented time and it requires an unprecedented response. And stay on the line for the next segment, Maddie, but just in the minute or so that we have left, go to sba.gov, call your local lawmaker, call your local banker, and you can get all the information. But the the point that I would note, I mean, I don't want to – I spoke with a Democratic House member and a Republican House member in the last 48 hours on background, and I said, what are you guys doing to educate the public? They're literally doing Zoom town halls with their constituents. I don't care if you are registered in a different party than who your elected official is. Call them anyway because they can guide yep. you. They can literally guide you for how to get that grant, how to get that waiver. Maddie, hang around. Coming up next, much more policy and politics. I'm Kevin Cirilli. Download the Bloomberg Sound on podcast on Apple iTunes or Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find me on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. We're making it through, folks. Frank Masano's up next to talk energy. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Mayor Bowser, she gave a press conference today, and she said that Washington, D.C., get ready for this, Washington, D.C. might not reach the peak of COVID-19 until June or July. But, 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 but. She's using a worst-case scenario model, and she's not using the same model that the feds are using. The feds puts us at a peak in the next two to three weeks. So that's where we're at for that. But, you know, you got to give it to Mayor Bowser. you got to give it to Governor Hogan that they're, they're, they're using the worst-case scenario models. So, I mean, they're, they're prepping for the worst, hoping for the best. I think there's something to be said for that, right? I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. We are on standby for President Trump's daily coronavirus task force briefing. The president will be joined along Vice President Mike Pence. You can listen to that right here, folks, so stay for that because we're ending another week 
Uh, this is the president has taken a much more serious tone. And the economic numbers are just not – they're worse than we thought. Maddie Dubler still on the line. Maddie, I couldn't let you off the show without asking you for a glimmer of hope. I know you've read all those jobs <laughs> numbers. Come on, give me something, Maddie. Give me – it's Friday. I need some hope. I need some optimism. I've got I mean, pizza dough waiting for after the show that I've been working from home. I made dough, Maddie. I made the dough uh... for the pizza. So go ahead. And I Sorry. wish I could come over and eat pizza. Nope, Karen. and it's you can't. Fair. You know why? It's because I'm so, I'm socially distant. I'm respecting this. You know why? Because I want this peak in mid-April and not mid-June Same. or July. So stay I'm home. You, my friend. Yes. Everyone stay home and dream about pizza. <laughs> Maybe make your own pizza. Put pictures of it on Instagram. And you know Listen, my I luck. My luck is that, like, I would be on a run or something. I'd twist an ankle, and then I'd go to the hospital, and you would take the bed from someone who needs it. You got to think like that, too. <laughs> we all have to be healthy so that we don't mm-hmm. take it from someone who really needs it. All right, enough of my soapbox. Go ahead. That's absolutely true. I'm going to just say kind of the same thing I've been talking about these last couple of weeks, which is a glimmer of optimism. Yes. Which, you know, I just think that we're going to see a lot of coverage that really talks about how high the unemployment rate is going to go how many people are filing for unemployment insurance, and there's going to be a lot of hysteria about how bad those numbers are. Job loss is terrible. It's a destructive thing for a family to have to go through, no doubt about it. But it is also a very obvious consequence. We know that job loss is a reason that we're containing the virus. We know that it's part of this response to make sure we can get this pandemic under control. So I just I say that as a means of adding context to when we talk about all these problems, what matters now is getting the economic and fiscal response correct, because that means that all of those numbers, all those scary numbers that everyone's saying about unemployment and jobs, go away as soon as the virus threat is contained. Everyone do your part and stay Very home smart. now, and then we can come back online as soon as we're past the public health crisis. You know, Foreign Affairs has an article. Did you see this, Maddie, on the new issue of Foreign Affairs? I thought you Affairs. tweeted about it, and I saved it and never got a chance to read it. Read. I mean, if, you're, if, you've, got, if you've got time this weekend, I mean... <laughs> You're a new mom. You have no time. But, I have um, no time. <laughs> but for everyone else, uh, read this because it, it really – Foreign Affairs is one of my favorite publications. It, it really does a great job of, of looking at all of the economic fundamentals of China, of the UK, of Italy, France, and, of course, the United States. And everyone has been completely whacked by COVID-19. So Foreign Affairs takes a look at – once we are in this state of recovery, it's not like one country was hit harder than another. Everyone was whacked. And because everyone was whacked, you know, when you're in a position to rebuild, the countries that were doing better could rebound faster. That's the argument that the and case remember, I mean, we were, we were at the end of a very, not, maybe not in the end, we were in the midst of a very long expansion. We had an extremely strong employment picture heading into this. We are primed in a, a, a good position to come back from this exogenous event if we have the appropriate policy response now, and I think that we're getting there. And you know who isn't? China. All right, Maddie Dubler, have a great weekend. I'm going to catch up with you later as well. Uh, have a great weekend. Appreciate your insights. Now let's pivot. Did you see this? The president met with oil executives today at the White House. Joining me on the line now is a good friend of the program. He is the go-to energy guy in D.C., Frank Masano. Frank is, of course, a partner at Bracewell's Policy Resolution Group. He's the former press secretary to several Republican lawmakers on Capitol Hill, including Indiana Senator Richard Lugar. 
Frank, happy Friday. We made it. Congrats. What did you glean from the it president's meeting? Cra- with, it has, it what, has been a crazy Friday, hasn't it? It really has. So what did you glean from the president's meeting well, with right the oil now, execs? I'm sitting here living off of everything I see on Bloomberg TV, which is obviously the best uh, Thank you. one-liners and uh, and, and, and insights that you can see right away. So, And just another I, uh, plug. It's not going to give you an anxiety attack like some other. <laughs> That's for sure. You know what I mean? It's just going to give you the turn, facts. Go ahead. You have to turn off CNN and just watch Bloomberg because. Oh, don't get is, me in trouble. Don't get me in trouble. Go ahead. What happened no, no, at the meeting? No, no. <laughs> well, so we don't know because it's just breaking up now. Um, and we'll get a readout of it eventually. The president is, of course, going over to do the COVID uh, update. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's going to talk about it there. I mean, look, the bottom line is that these are critical industries, right? Um, These are critical industries that have been hammered by a downturn in demand, and they've been hammered by this price war and and supply glut that the Saudis have thrown into the marketplace. So these are issues that the president is going to deal with, that that I'm sure that these uh, executives uh, chatted with him about um, on how diplomatically they can keep the pressure on. You know, we've seen some upward movement in the oil markets in the last few days, and that's par- partly because, you know, both the Chinese um, and the U.S. have made signs of uh, trying to make moves with their strategic petroleum reserves. That has helped. Um, I think, obviously, yesterday the president had a tweet, too, um, where he was talking about some diplomatic uh, moves he was making with uh, Saudi Arabia and with Russia and some of their willingness to to participate in that. We've seen that there'll be an OPEC meeting. And- to address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code radio 20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.